When the pastor calls, you listen. I would much rather have Tom owing me than me owing him. And so, uh, no, it's, uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to, to be able to share God's word. It always is a privilege and an honor to do that, and, and I take it very seriously. And uh, uh, his word says to be ready in season and out of season, and, and I believe that. That's part of my MO, because you never know. We're going to have to be called on. And uh, Pastor Tom uh, called me and, and, and basically asked me the same thing. He said, Kirk, I have the soccer game tomorrow. And he told me the whole story. And he said, we did not think we would be good enough to get to this point. <laughs> and, uh, and, and here we won both of our games yesterday, and that puts us in the playoffs. We have the semifinals and the finals, and it goes right through, right through church time. And he said, uh, really, uh, he, 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 he said, what should I do? And I said, well... I got to tell you, there were a number of soccer games that I missed, and I, I went to a lot of them, and we tried to do everything that we can do, Jill and I, with our kids and go to their events, but there are a lot of things that I missed. But playoffs, you know, this may be his only opportunity. We don't know. But at the end of the day, you can't redo it. Amen? You can't redo it. And, 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 and it sends a message to his boys, and it sends a message to his wife that that's important. And, and, and I said, Tom, you do what you need to do. I don't know who you're going to get to speak, but do what you need to do. And he said, he said, I was on my way to a dinner. It was about 6.30, and I had to be at a dinner, a Habitat for Humanity dinner, and I was actually driving there, pulled over to talk to him, and I thought, well, I wonder who he's going to get. So uh, <laughs> seriously, and so uh, it, it got to, uh, I, I was uh, in, in the room uh, with all these other people, everybody's all dressed up, and all of a sudden I get a phone call, and it's Pastor Tom. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I had a feeling. And, 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 and he said, I've got the most important question to ever ask you. And I said, what's that? He said, can you preach? And I said, yeah. And he said, can you preach tomorrow? <laughs> I was making him come out with it. And, and, and so I thought for like two seconds, and I said, yeah. And, uh, and so I got to say, uh, it, like I say, it's a, it's a great opportunity uh, I, I, would, I would much rather have had a whole bunch of time to prepare, but I didn't. I had about three hours uh, until I was falling asleep uh, at 11 o'clock because I started about 8. And this is all new stuff, but it's what's on my heart. And I figure if it's on my heart, maybe it's on your heart too. And Tom, Tom even gave me his message. He said, you could speak on this. But that wasn't on my heart. What I'm going to speak on is on my heart. And so let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just, I, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, because all things are possible through you. And that, Lord God, all things are possible because you give us strength, not just to do the things that we think we can do, but to go beyond that. You give us the ability, Lord God, to stretch ourselves and to be able to do things that we never thought were possible. And Lord, thank you now. May, may your spirit be here in this building and may touch each person. And I know your spirit's here, but i got to welcome him anyway. And Lord, we thank you because, Father God, our goal is to be one step closer to being like your son, Jesus. Teach us one thing. Teach us ten things. But Lord God, let us not let any of the words that you tell us to fall to the ground. We pray, Lord, that you would implant them in our hearts and that we would be stretched and we would become a little bit more, like your son Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. Wow. Okay, here we go. This may be the quickest sermon ever. 
but it might not. That's right. That's right. I, I agree. Uh, I, you know, Mark Twain, you probably heard this. If you haven't, you're going to hear it now. He said about every speech, you've got to have a real strong beginning. And you have to have a strong ending, but very little in the middle. Okay, so we'll see how all that goes. Um, I don't think anybody ever got in trouble for doing a quick message. And I've, I've, I've given a lot of them, and I know the more trouble I have is the longer they go. So here we, here we roll. Um, i, I got to share. It. Back in January, something happened in my life. I turned 60. 60. It, who here is 60 or older? Now, ladies, come on, come on, okay, you know, 60 or older, you know, so you know what I'm talking about. If you're in the 50s, you're going to know really soon. I always thought being 60 was so old. And 70, oh, geez. 70 doesn't look too old anymore. (laughs) So it's amazing how our perception changes as time goes by. Things happen and our perception changes Back when I was a kid, uh, life was a little different. In fact, it was a lot different in a lot of ways. In some ways, it's the same. But it was a little different. It was a slower pace. I mean, we, we didn't have any, any internet. Who knew what internet was? We had no cell phones. The closest thing we had to a cell phone is what they had uh, on Star Trek when they flipped up that little thing, you know, and they did their, their little communication device. That was pretty cool. Uh, we had, and I'm Captain Kirk, by the way. Okay, just want to make sure you know that. Uh, there, was, there was no computer. We didn't have GMOs. We didn't even know what GMOs were. And if you want to know what they are, don't ask me because I don't really know. But uh, I know that it's probably not, not good. Uh, it's in our food. Uh, and one thing we did have, though, is we were well prepared for nuclear attack. Well prepared. We knew exactly what to do. We went through training. I mean, you not only had your fire drill, but you had your nuclear attack drill. And basically, it was duck and cover under your desk. That's really going to help you in a nuclear attack, right? (laughs) But we were prepared. We knew what to do. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Those were simple times. Camping, fishing, hanging out with my friends. There were those things that I did, and I'm sure a lot of you did things similar, maybe different things, but, you know, you had your life kind of dialed in as a kid. Everything seemed fine for me on the outside, but there was a lot of struggle going on the inside. My mom and dad were, and this is not a testimony about me, but it's the setup for what I want to teach. Um, my mom and dad was a lot of struggle there, and they fought a lot. And uh, one day I came home from school, and they told me that they were getting a divorce. And all of a sudden, that, that leave it to beaver kind of life that I had changed. That was a that was a defining moment in my life in a negative way, and, uh, and, and it really hit my brother and I hard. Uh, I think one of, the, one of the hardest memories I have of that was whenever the judge had my brother and I stand before him, and he said, who do you want to live with, your mom or your dad? Okay, and I, I will never forget that because there was no right answer. Any answer was wrong, and I knew that whatever I said was going to cause the other one hurt. That was tough. Um, my world was shattered. And I would say, in a sense, that my innocence was broken at that point in time. My comfort zone that I once knew, and even though it wasn't uh, fantastic because there were a lot of struggles, that was what I knew. That was my comfort zone. That was, that was where I was at. And all of a sudden, that changed. I had to live with my mom. 
and my dad wasn't there. My mom really didn't have any skills. And so, you know, my, my thought was, how are we going to live? And, and I was afraid. I was afraid in a way that I had never been afraid before. And there are times in our lives where something happens and our comfort zone has changed. Amen? It's changed. Sometimes it happens over a period of time. Sometimes it's thrust upon us all of a sudden. Sometimes there are external forces that cause the comfort zone to change. And then we intentionally cause our comfort zones to change, usually for the good. I I call that a self-inflicted comfort zone. And I would call, you know, I use an example of that is like climbing out of debt. You're so much into debt, and then you go through some training, and then all of a sudden you figure out a way in order to get yourself out of it. You uh, don't borrow any more money, and you pay those loans back, and eventually you're out of debt. That is a change of your comfort zone. It's a change of thinking. You have a thought pattern. Some people are comfortable in a certain zone. They spend a certain amount of money, even if they're in debt. That's more important to them than paying it back. And so uh, uh, they're happy with that, even though the situation isn't that great. It's what they know. But then all of a sudden, you change that for the better. And it's a mental change. It's a spiritual change. It's from the heart, soul, mind. And then you change out of that, and you go into a different comfort zone. It could be marital counseling, where you intentionally try to do a better job in your marriage. And that changes your reality. How about training, going to school, learning a new thing, changing careers? That is the, whole, the, the, the same thing. You're getting out of that. An unintentional co- comfort, an unintentionally inflicted comfort zone is an illness, a tragic illness, a death. It could be getting cancer. It could be anything like that where all of a sudden things are going just great and boom, your world is shattered. And you, and you have to think, where do I go from here? That happens to all of us, whether it's direct or indirect. Maybe it's somebody in our family. And what is the result of that? The result of it is fear. It's fear that we have because of where we're at or we think we're going to go. We don't know where we're going to go. What do we do next? We're afraid. Just like I was afraid whenever my world shattered whenever I was eight years old. On Friday the 13th, just a few days ago, people's comfort zones were shattered in France. Absolutely shattered. And I got to tell you, This has been weighing on my heart. And it was weighing on my heart long before that ever happened. Their comfort zone was shattered. Terrorists opened fire on Paris. On hundreds of innocent people watching a a concert, eating dinner, and watching a soccer game. The whole intent of these attackers is to instill fear. Fear in the people and to promote their deranged beliefs. They thrive on stirring fear in people. And who also operates in that capacity? Satan, the devil. That's how he operates. You know, as I see it, this, this sort of thing is happening all over the world. And I, you know, okay, I'm 60. And I saw how the world was back then, and I see how it is today. And we're, we're in a progression. Any of you see that with me? The, world, the world's changing. And, uh, and, and what happens is, is that as we watch this change, it can cause us to be afraid. It can cause us to fear because, you know, some people may not w- know where it's going. I believe a believer should know where we're going, 
should know the process of this and where we're headed. So we have victory in Jesus. Amen? We have that victory because we do know what's happening. Now, we may not know the hour of the day, but I believe that we're progressing. When it's going to happen, I don't know. But we, we, we are told that we will see the warning signs. We will see the seasons as they change. And I believe that we're in the process of changing seasons. That's scary, but that's good. It depends where you're at with Christ. We'll determine whether you're scared. And maybe you're right on with Christ, but maybe you're still scared. And we're going to talk about that. As a part of this change that's going on, I see a persecution of the church worldwide, escalating to an alarming rate. Even here in the United States, we're seeing a decline in the tolerance of Christians and Christianity. It seems that in many ways, our world is turning upside down right before our very eyes. And it's scary to see what's happening. Who, who wouldn't be scared? Except for the Christian, maybe. Um, but even at that, it's still scary. You know, then you ask, why can't things be just like they used to be? Well, because we live in a world of change. Amen? Just a world of change. Things are going to happen. God didn't say things were always going to be the same, at least here in this world. Anybody ever read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? by Ken Blanchard? Well, were there like four mice? You know, and their cheese kept getting moved, and, and all the cheese represented different things, and different things that they, uh, they had in life, and they would get moved, and then all of a sudden they had to deal with that, and it caused all kinds of feelings and emotions. That, you know, it's kind of like what's happening worldwide. Our cheese is getting moved all the time. And, yeah, we, we have to deal with all that change. But what do we do? How do we react whenever those things happen? Change is going to happen whether we like it or not. And are we going to run around scared all the time, hiding behind rocks like little Schmeagle in Lord of the Rings? You know that little dude? He always hid behind the rocks. He was like always afraid. We have, you know, that, that we can do. And who would blame us? But, you know, the enemy is the master of fear. Who's the master of the enemy? God. Jesus. Amen? He doesn't have anything on God. He doesn't have anything on Christ. Nothing at all. Fear is at the top of the devil's toolbox, used to declare war on each and every one of us. Fear can cause us to drop our shield of faith and bolt the other way. I'm not speaking of godly wisdom, legitimate concern, or protective warnings. You know, there are times when we need to be afraid. Somebody goes, boo, and you jump, you know. Or like whenever you walk up here and you have to give a sermon and you've only had just a couple of hours. That, that's fear, okay? And that's a healthy fear. Or the fear of God, that's a healthy fear. There, there, is, there is that kind of fear. That's not the kind of fear I'm talking about. I'm talking about an oppressive fear. The fear that the devil loves. The devil works overtime. He works at night when you're trying to sleep. Doesn't it seem like the devil just pounds on you at night? And he gets you to play the what-if game. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And you think through it a hundred different ways. And then you find out the next day that everything that you were thinking about, none of that happened. And so all of those things that you were concerned about, that you were afraid of, never transpired. And look at all the energy. Look at all the sleep you lost as a result of that. Because we get caught up in the fear that the enemy puts out there. God knew that we would struggle with fear. 
he knew it, and it's mentioned over 300 times in God's word. I'd like to say 365 times. I think that's what they said in the, the what is it, the Facing the Giants movie? I don't know if that's true, but it sounds cool. But say over 300 times it's mentioned in God's word, fear. Words like fear not, do not be afraid, do not fear, over and over and over again. You think he's trying to tell us something, because we don't have to be afraid. I know what you're thinking right now. You're probably thinking, what's for lunch? (laughs) What time would the Raiders play today? It's time for a nap. I hope not. I think I think what you're saying is, Kirk, you tell us all this, and it's easier said than done. Because as a mature Christian, there are times whenever I fret and I worry and I think about things I shouldn't be thinking about. Because I know who wins. I know who who is the owner of the, you know, of the universe, who's the creator. And I'm on his team. And I know that because of what happened on the foot of the cross, I don't have to do a lot of that stuff that I do. I don't. And I'm better at it than I used to be, but I've got a long ways to go. I don't know about you. But it's a, it's a struggle, but it's something that we can do. We can get there. I want to read to you a poem. My wife gave me this yesterday whenever I was preparing. She felt sorry for me. <laughs> Listen to this. It's written by Lisa Turkrist. I think I'm close. The enemy wants you to be afraid tonight. Not the healthy kind of fear that keeps us safe. No, the horrible kind of fear that whispers worst-case scenarios, absent of hope and haunted by hurt. With death of his breath, fear says, entertain my entanglements, linger in my lies, and drink deeply from my darkness. While we're distracted with fear, the enemy pickpockets our purpose, cripples our courage, dismantles our dreams, and blinds us to the beauty of the Lord's great plans. On the surface, it may not seem like your assignment is all that important, but it is. You are to bring forth and proclaim the name of Jesus. Is there a person whom you've been afraid of to share your testimony? Is there a relationship causing you confusion and anxiety? Is there a problem you're facing where there seems to be no solution? Proclaiming the name of Jesus brings power. Brings power. Protection. And a perspective that crushes fear. What is the greatest name above all? It's the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. You know, when you're praying and you're afraid, if you can't think of what to pray for, just verbally say his name. Because guess who can't hear the name of Jesus? Guess who flees at the name of Jesus? It's Satan. He flees just at his name. He can't be in the presence of the light. And God is light. He's not darkness. The enemy's darkness. The light exposes the darkness. Amen? (laughs) 
need to ask you all a question. Oh, wait a minute, I've already been there. Wait a minute. No, no, I haven't asked this question. Sorry, I have not even gone over this after I wrote it, so I was too sleepy. And, and then I had to praise this morning, praise and worship practice, and it was no way. So anyway, um, I need to ask you a question. Is your comfort zone being afraid? Now think about that. Now on the surface, you say no. On the surface. But is your comfort zone being afraid? Have you lived a life of fear? Have you been afraid since you were a kid and are still afraid? And you may be a Christian, but you haven't been able to break free of fear. And I think that one of the reasons why people can't break free of fear or other things is because that's their comfort zone. That's where they're at. Let me tell you about... Uh, The lottery winner. If uh, you've probably heard these stories where somebody plays the lotto and they're dirt broke and they have their last dollar and they, they buy a lottery ticket and all of a sudden they win $50 million. And then uh, two years later you read a story saying how they're flat broke again. They have nothing. Why is that? Maybe it's because they're not comfortable being rich. That's beyond their comfort zone. They, they did not plan or prepare to be stretched to go to that level. So their, their comfort zone is being where they were, and that's where they end up. I mean, it happens. happens all the time. So where's your comfort zone? What are you comfortable in? Are there things that you're trying to reach out toward in life and become and, and improve yourself, but you keep getting put back? Maybe, maybe it's because you're comfortable there. You need to stretch. The Lord wants you to stretch, and he doesn't want you to be afraid. And we go back because of fear. We're afraid. We're afraid to take that next step. You know, I got to say, I'm really happy because I know who wins. I know who wins, and I know that we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to live a life of fear. Satan's job is to kill, steal, and destroy all of us and to put us down. And when we come to Christ, he can't take that from us. Some say, yeah, but you know what? I don't believe that. We've asked Christ into our heart. He's there. He can't take that from us. But you know what he can do? He can make our life miserable because we fall into the trap. We run around afraid. We run around thinking that we can't do it. We run around just living that comfort zone that we've always known, and we never go beyond that. We have to go beyond that, folks. We have to be stretched. I, I, you know, I, I, I look at these, you know, I'm, I'm leading a, a, a group of mostly men, but uh, there are a lady or two that uh, participate in uh, our Wednesday night breakout groups, and uh, I have a group on leadership. We need leaders in our church. We need people to step out and be counted on. To be able to do stuff. You know, uh, the pastor calls on you and says, hey, you know what? We need you. What are you going to do? You're going to say, yes, pastor. You know, or, and, and maybe you can't. Maybe there's a reason why you can't, and that's fine too. But at the end of the day, we need to be able to be stretched. 
We need to be able to serve, whether it's at work or whether it's here at church or wherever it is, maybe in our family. We need to stretch beyond our comfort zone and go to the next level, wherever God is calling us. You know, and uh, right outside here, right outside that exit sign, if you look back up on the wall, it has a scripture, Hebrews 11.2. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want you to plaster that word in your heart. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the reason I say that is because we live in a world that is of change. But we as human beings need some, something that we can hang on to that we know is not going to change. We need to be anchored to the rock. The rock does not move. The rock does not move. And if we're anchored to that rock, we're not going to be moved. In spite of a world that moves around us, we can have our faith in Jesus and know it's not going to change. There's not going to be a revision to the Bible. And if there is, don't read it. And it could happen. It could happen in order to accommodate the world of today. And if that happens, don't read that because it's of the devil. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can take that to the bank. Amen? Amen. Holy moly. <laughs> Sorry. That's a nice scriptural term there. Holy moly. I use it all the time. People bow down. Holy moly. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, look that up. Word steady. We'll talk later. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Does that mean he's with us some of the time? No. What if we're not with him? He's still with us. Okay? He's still with us. It's not... It's not him that has gotten straight away. It's us. Okay? But he's still right there. I want to read to you a scripture. I actually brought my, my real Bible. Paper. Yay! Yeah, no kidding. So I'm kind of torn between two worlds. I have this thing and I have, I have the Bible. And I, then lots of paper. Um, but I decided to do away with the paper. So anyway, here we are. Um, Colossians, first chapter, verses 10 through 13, 10 through 12. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened. This is, this is change, okay? These are things that have to happen, that should happen in our lives. Okay, um, and, and move past fear of being as it was and going to the next level. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the sons he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So it's there. It's there waiting for us just to grab and to live. And we need to leave the bones of the past in the past 
and live for what God has for us in the future. That's, that's you know, I think a great, a great um, plan of action in our lives in order to overcome stuff in the past. Now, obviously, you know, this is just a, a sermon, and, and there, there is a lot of work that needs to be done to get there, but that really is the blueprint. In 1 John 4.18, it says, Perfect love casts out fear. I think I'm going too long. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. Thank you, Lord. Don't throw tomatoes at me because I thought it would be quicker. But uh, um, anyway, uh, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. Perfect love casts out fear. God's perfect love casts out fear. Okay? When we're afraid, his perfect love will cast out fear. All of us have fears. All of us have fears. I know people that fear that, that they're going to lose their job. I know people that fear that they're not going to find a job. And I know people that are marching on the universities at our schools right now that uh, are afraid of getting a job. <laughs> it's true, unfortunately. But you know what, then, it's being serious. Uh, we're afraid of a lot of things. We're afraid of getting cancer. I know more people that have gotten cancer uh, in, like, the past two weeks than I think any, probably in my entire life. Um, uh, it's crazy. Uh, but you know what? God owns it. He owns everything. Did he cause the cancer? No. Did he cause all that stuff to happen? No. But things happen. But at the end of the day, we have a foundation in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. None of that changes. So really, it's up to us. We can be like cats walking on a wall. You know how cats are. They love walking on walls. You know, neither in this yard or this yard. The dogs all bark, and they're just up there walking on the wall. They don't make a commitment. And, and you know what? Just like that, our faith is lukewarm. And when our faith is lukewarm, we, can't, we have a hard time standing on the promises that were given by God. And, and, and overcoming fear is part of that, folks. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Doesn't that sound good right about now? First Peter 5, 7, Paul says, Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Oh, that is good news. That is good news for the heart. That is good news for the soul. So with Christ, what is there to be afraid of? I got to tell you, we have to have a defining moment. And right now, there's nothing more written. We have to have a defining moment in our lives. There needs to be a defining moment. Maybe there have been defining moments in your life that have caused you to go from this point to this point. Maybe you were going this direction and you needed to go that direction. All of a sudden, it was that defining moment. And you turned. Something in you turned. Maybe it was, maybe it was the message of the gospel that caused you to turn. Maybe it was something else that caused you to turn. I, I got to tell you a defining moment that I, that I have had. And if you heard this before, I'm telling it again. Uh, I didn't have time to plan, okay? So I'm telling you again, but listen to this. Back in 1974, I uh, had been a Christian for about two and a half years and uh, was uh, 
real young in my faith, but I was just on fire for the Lord. From like 72 to 74, I was just on fire for the Lord. And then I got involved back with some of the old crowd, and I started doing things that you shouldn't be doing at the age I was, at really any age, but the age I was. And, uh, and I started sliding back. But in my head, I'm still this Christian, but I'm not living the life. And some friends invited me to a party. And he said, hey, Kirk, let's go to this party. It's going to be great. A bunch of college kids are there, and, you know, you're going to meet some people. And that was, that was great. So I'm there, and I'm doing my thing I shouldn't have been doing. And uh, I saw this beautiful young lady. And she was sitting there uh, with, a, uh, with a, a, a thing of root beer. And, uh, and, but I had heard, I had heard that, that she was a real strong Christian. So I walked up to her and I said, hi, my name is Kirk. I was really brave, obviously, at the moment, brave and dumb. Um, but I walked up to her and I said, I said, I hear you're a strong Christian. And I admire that as I'm holding a can of beverage. And, <laughs> and I'm looking at her. And she said, yes, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And I said, so am I. <laughs> but I got to tell you, that was a defining moment for me because the Holy Spirit convicted my heart. He convicted me so strong. And it was a defining moment because I had to tell, I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to ask for forgiveness. I didn't do it right then and there, but I felt God's spirit tell me that was, that was bad. And I had a defining moment. And I said, either I am going to be a Christian and I'm going to live for Christ and I'm going to do those things that I know he's wanting me to do. And I'm going to be stretched like you know he wants me to be stretched. I never thought I'd be playing a guitar ever. And I never thought I'd be up here doing this because I hated public speaking. But I knew that God was trying to use me, and I wasn't letting him. And I said, use me. That was a defining moment in my life. And each one of us has a defining moment. Maybe you've experienced it, or maybe you haven't yet, but it's there. Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the folks that you brought here today. And Lord, even though we're all different, we're all the same. We're all here for a common purpose. Lord, we, uh, we all go through tough times. Sometimes, Lord, we try to get through those tough times on our own. Even though we know you, or many of us, I'm sure, know you, we try to do it on our own. And uh, how many times have we gotten sick and gone to the doctor or did this and did that, and then at the last minute we think, oh, maybe I should pray. Happens. That happens to me. But I say, Lord, help us to put you first. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us have a defining moment in our lives where we can be transformed from the person of the past to the person that you want us to be today. I pray, Lord God, that you would take us from where we're at and, 
and, and, and help us to experience those things, Lord God, and stretch us and, and, and mold us and help us not to be a, a, a clay pot, Lord God, that, is, that can break whenever something taps it, that we can still have a little bit of pliability in us, Lord, that we can be molded and continue to be shaped regardless of what age we're at. Yeah, for those of you who are 60 and above, I tell you what, we need to be soft as clay. And allow the Lord to be able to change us and mold us and continue to shape us until we get to glory. Amen? So my question for you is, are you ready for a defining moment? Are you ready for God to be able to transform you from where you were at or where you're at now to where he wants you to be? It's gonna, it, it's gonna, you're going to have to trust him. And it may be, you, may be, you may be afraid. But you know what? He's never once turned his back on you. Never once. And he will not start today. So why not put your trust in him all the way? Don't walk on that fence. Get down in the yard. Play with the dog. Have a good time. The Lord will be there with you. He's not a liar. He's not going to turn his back. He'll be there with you all the way. So if that's you. I want you to look up to me right now. Let's have eye contact. If that's you, you see that? If that's you, you see that? 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 Yes. Because the Lord wants to use you. He wants to stretch you. I don't know what you're going to be doing. You don't know what you're going to be doing, but it's putting your trust in him all the way. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord God, for these folks that looked up, I pray, Lord, that you would give them, give them a vision of what you would have for them. As they step out, Lord God, help them to overcome the fear that they've experienced or they may be experiencing. And that you would be able to use them, Lord God, to promote your kingdom, to promote their families, Lord, and to promote this world. We need it. We need it, and we give you thanks today. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen.